Whatever happened to predictability, the milkman, the paperboy, and getting arrested for fraud? Everywhere you look, everywhere there's a bribe that somebody's taking. You guys like my parody of the Full House intro song? As I'm sure most of you know by now, the scandal of the past week has been all of these U.S. celebrities getting arrested for fraud. They bribed officials to get their kids into college, and it is almost something out of a TV show or a movie. I'm calling it right now. Lori Laughlin, the face of this whole scandal, I would say, with her daughter Olivia Jade. I'm going to say right now that I bet there's going to be a true crime show about this thing happening and i can just see it Lori laughlin maybe she spends a little bit of time in jail not likely but maybe she does she redeems herself people want to hear you know everyone loves a good redemption story she's going to come back start acting again and she's going to star in this true crime show as herself with all these events that have happened i can oh man wouldn't that be something things like this that happen though it really makes me think what other things in the world are happening that you wouldn't think are common or things that could really exist at all because when you look at movies and tv shows there's so many ideas out there and there's so many you know different storylines that come about and one i'm thinking of just off the top of my head is the whole thing with mission impossible how there's this evil organization that no one knows about and they kind of run the world and they influence world events on this massive scale and it makes me think if stuff like that happens as well are there actual evil organizations out there that are controlling the world events what other things are there like house of cards another great example when he goes off if you remember francis underwood he goes off to that retreat i want to say is what it would be in i think it was in san francisco and it's like all of the very powerful leaders in the u.s all of them get together and it's almost like this cultish thing I think that actually might be real. I'm not sure. There might have been a documentary on something like that. But yeah, there's all these different things. I wondered, are they actually real? And now we know that people, I mean, I guess we really, I mean, is this really that surprising that people bribe officials to get their kids into the college? It does seem pretty obvious that that would be the case. So, but now that it's all out and really blows my mind that it's a thing because they just, all these kids like have so much, in, like Olivia Jade's a great example, right? The daughter of Lori Laughlin, 2 million Instagram subscribers, 2 million YouTube subscribers, has this really successful YouTube channel where she does makeup, has a collaboration with Sephora where she's going to get her own line or like her own product with them. And you just throw it all away because you had to go to USC and yeah, paying for SATs paying coaches to photoshop their faces on i think that was the case with with olivia jade they paid coaches to photoshop the girl's face onto an actual athlete on the rowing team i believe it was and they basically faked that she was a rower just really crazy stuff that i just can't believe it exists it is interesting though with the sat thing because not even with u.s celebrities but there is definitely a thing with people taking SATs or ACTs for other people, you know, like getting paid to take them. When I was traveling, I actually met someone that was friends with this guy who would take SATs and ACTs for Chinese international students, like from rich Chinese families that were looking to get into college. As you can imagine, not being English speakers, taking the SAT or the ACT would make it a lot harder to get a good score. They pay people 
to take the test for them. And how that works, I really don't understand how you could show up and take a test for someone, but it does happen. And this guy that I met was telling him about this person he knew that would charge, I think, $4,000 a test. And then he would just take, you know, some tests over a period of time, maybe like four four to six months out of the year. And then he just wouldn't work for the rest of the year and he would travel. And that's how he made a living. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Another one is in, uh, what's that show? Suits. Mike Ross, if anyone's a Suits fan out there, shout out to Suits. Mike Ross would take the LSATs for people looking to get into law school. So... It does happen. It's just hard to believe that there's a scandal on this scale going on in our backyard of Los Angeles with USC. And then throughout the rest of the United States, these universities are really going to get screwed. The amount of lawsuits they're going to get crazy. So that's enough of that. Enough scandal for the episode. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about some of the people that I met while traveling because I've been thinking about it the past few days and the experience of traveling by yourself throughout the world as you can imagine it's great you're going to see things you've never seen before and experiencing things you've never experienced but I think the thing that really I have fond memories about and the things that I really think about the most when I look back on my experience was just how many great people I met and I've always been a little bit of a pessimist i'm more of a glass half empty i like to think though i'm kind of what do i like to say pessimistically optimistic and so i'm less trusting of people and i generally i think going into my trip i wasn't expecting to meet such great people i thought i had this picture painted basically where i thought i was gonna have to be very wary of people and I couldn't trust people and I had to make sure, you know, like no one was going to steal my stuff and I couldn't leave stuff out in the open. And maybe the people that I would meet, I probably was going to think they're weird or they're just something's off about them. Maybe some people are sketchy. And I really have to say over my whole experience, there was not one person that I met, whether that was just out and about or like in my hostel I was staying in, there was not one person that I didn't like there was no one that was super sketchy there was no one that made me feel uncomfortable where I felt like I wasn't safe and that was one thing as well that I was really worried about going into the whole experience was I was worried that I wasn't going to really meet people and have people to hang out with because for whatever reason I just have always not been a person that really puts myself out there I don't really like to ask people to hang out because there's like that fear of rejection. And then at the same time, it's like if you ask someone to hang out and they don't really want to hang out with you, I don't want to put anyone in a position to not want to like have to say yes, right? But then it's like awkward. I don't know why I'm like this, but I am. And so I was just worried that I was going to be alone most of the time when I was traveling. And that wasn't the case at all. It was so easy to meet people. And so if anyone out there, you know, if you're struggling or you're worried about meeting people maybe you have a tough time making friends and meeting people traveling is a great way to meet a lot of people and I still talk to some of the people I met on my travels today which I honestly never would have thought was going to be the case because I just didn't figure that you'd make a connection with someone or at least they'd feel enough of a connection to want to stay in contact with you I think that's kind of a fear with people at least this is the case with me It's almost like you're afraid to 
acknowledge you know someone or you're like afraid to reach out to someone maybe you've met someone in the past and you had a really good connection you thought and whether that's like a a girlfriend or a boyfriend like potential there or just a friend and you're just worried to reach out to them because either you don't know if they're going to remember you maybe the way you felt about them was a lot more significant than the way they felt about you and like the scenario in which you met and so sometimes like you never end up talking to a person again right a good example is think of how many times in college where <laughs> you'll be out at a party maybe and you'll meet someone and it's like you'll really hit it off but you're both drunk right it's like it's funny when people are drunk how just how they connect so easily and they you know they can get along and have a good time together and then it's like you'll see them the next week walking to class maybe and you kind of see them walking towards you and you start thinking to yourself oh I don't know if this person remembers who I am should I say hi what should I do and like maybe then you just like look at each other and you don't really acknowledge each other and you just keep on walking past each other right and that's like a wasted opportunity to maybe like develop a friendship or something like that right there's that little like oh I don't know if this person knows me it's like a dance like who's going to be the one to initiate and start talking to the other person and so that's really what I was worried about was one am I going to meet people where I'm actually going to be hang able to hang out with them and then two it's like well am I going to actually make some you know, some sort of friends that it's gonna, it's gonna carry on past the experience of being in this country together. Are we actually like gonna keep in contact once I'm gone? And the really nice thing about traveling is it puts you in a mindset where you're more open to experiences, I think. And so there were so many different experiences that I had that normally if I was maybe, we'll say like 18 to 22, I would probably not have gotten the chance to experience them. I probably would have said no to the certain things and being older and being, I think, more open and then also just being in a place, in this new place with all these people I don't know, I thought it just made me more open to the experiences. And that that started right at the very beginning of the trip with who I stayed with initially when I went to England. One of my best friends, he has family friends that are from England and so... I was able to actually stay with them a week where they live in England before I went to London and started my whole journey. And that was a really good way for me to get acclimated with the new surroundings and then also kind of just get over the shock of like, I'm actually doing this. I'm traveling by myself for 10 months. I can't believe I did this. What if, you know, it was a mistake, all that. So it was nice to have people that could help me out and then to just be, I think, surrounded by people right away instead of being alone. So all three of these people, Sam, David, and Kathy, were just completely amazing. And I really look back on that experience with fond memories. It was just such a relaxing and peaceful week when I look back on it. They were so helpful because they are very well-traveled, so they were able to tell me about things that I asked them, whether it was about different countries or like things I should bring and things I should worry about. Then they were so hospitable and it was something that I would never ever think to do, right? Like to go stay a week with people that you have never met before, complete strangers, and then for them to be open to invite someone into their home that they don't know. And they do have more experience with it because they have hosted people in their house before. So I think they're more, you know, experienced in that regard. But for me, it was my first time where I literally would ever stay with strangers and people I didn't know. And it was not something I would do. I think maybe a lot of people wouldn't do that. But 
It was such a positive experience. And where they live, it's called Barry St. Edmunds. And it was just such a peaceful, like beautiful, relaxing place. I really think about it a lot as a place. Like I'd like to find a place like that where I could, you know, when I'm older, like live there because it's away from everything. It's not like a big city or anything, but it's just so nice. It has such great energy, I think, there. I really liked it there. So that started that off. And then going into London then, still doubting the trip, whether or not I made the right decision with doing it. I had an experience meeting someone where if you're the type of person, if you believe that the universe gives you signs and things like that, this was one of those experiences where I met this guy. I had just gotten back from, you know, a day out in London. It might have been my third day in London and this guy is across from my bed in the hostel I'm staying at and he's just in his bed I could see that he has his little light on but he has his curtains closed and you know I sit down start taking my shoes off whatever like kind of unpacking my stuff and he you know opens the curtains and he looks at me and he like he says like hi and like gives his name and I give my name and we just start talking and we really hit it off and we talked for five hours straight. It was crazy. It was probably one of the longest conversations I had when I was traveling. And it was really interesting because I was always talking to him more and more. What we both realized was like we were both at a crossroads in our life where it was like one of us had already kind of walked the road that the other was heading towards. And that was just really crazy to me because doubting the decision, right, whether or not I made the right decision to quit my job and to travel... And then to meet someone who was a lot older than me, I think he was, you know, maybe in his late 30s, if I remember correctly, don't know for sure, but he was older than me, right? And he really wanted to get into making movies and filmmaking. And that's what we really bonded over was, you know, talking about different movies and like what we liked. And we talked a lot about that. But he was a person who had kind of like he was trying to figure out his life at a young age. And he did like a lot of, I think, soul searching and then got to a point basically where he felt like he knew what he wanted out of life and he like knew what his purpose was. And so then he was working towards that And with that was like his filmmaking and working and getting to that. And for me, it was like I was already in the movie industry, right? Working at a movie studio on the business side, though, and then quitting my job. And it was more, I think for me, it was like a soul searching type decision, right? Where I'm trying to like I have kind of the outline of what I want to work towards with my life but I think a lot of it was like soul searching and trying to figure out things and wanting new experiences and wanting like life experience and so like I said it was like we were at a crossroads right meeting each other at this middle point where he's heading towards a a path that I kind of already was in and then I was heading towards like the path of like deeper meaning and things like that and so that was an experience meeting him and I still talk to him to this day we email back and forth. That was an experience that was really important, I think, for me because it really made me feel like, yes, I'm on the right path. Like this was a good decision to, you know, start traveling. And and then the next morning where he was leaving, right? This was only like I met him. If I had come back later when everyone was already asleep, I never would have met him. This was a like he was there for one day and then he was moving on to somewhere else. 
And the next morning, like we started talking again, we probably talked another three hours. And then I come to find out that his, he has family in England and they have my last name. Like he asked me, cause we were exchanging contact information. He asked me my name. And so I told him, you know, Connor Hancock and he has family with the last name Hancock. So that was just another thing where like at the end of the conversation, we are like, you know, there's gotta be some, this has to be like the universe telling us something, right? It was just, it was just such a weird coincidence and just a weird meeting. And so, yeah, we still talk to each other today. And that was something that, as I mentioned, like being afraid if you're going to connect with people or being afraid if you leave enough of an impact on someone's life or enough of an impression that they want to stay in contact with you, like you really make a connection. And to like make that so quickly initially on my trip to where this person's reaching out to me to see how I am and I'm reaching out to him. It was just a really awesome thing. And then from then on, it was just you meet person after person. And it just blew me away at how easy it was to like just, you know, meet people and talk to them and make a connection. Because I think, I mean, maybe this is just a thing in the US, but I think people are just so obsessed with like status and, you know, even drawing on this scandal this last week with all these people with the bribing in the USC, people are so obsessed with status and like showing off a certain image, whether that's the people you hang out with, the things you do, the clothes you wear, the schools you go to, that it's almost, it almost makes it like complicated to make friends or to find real connections because we're so, I think we're also worried about like things that don't really matter. And then so to be put into a situation when you're traveling and you're like at this point in your life and this other person's at this point in their their life and they're like experiencing this place at the same time you are for the first time and just to like enjoy each other's company and be able to talk to people and not worry about anything else like what is this person cool or like what is someone going to think if i'm talking to them oh this person's wearing this certain thing like i'm not going to talk to this person right thinking people are weird whatever it may be judging people that just didn't really happen anywhere i went and it was so nice and so meeting d in london was his name and then going to rome where for whatever reason in italy i met so many brazilians there were a ton of brazilians i don't know why but I met these two Brazilian guys in Rome, don't remember their names. And it was funny because they were trying to get Italian citizenship because I guess they had relatives that were Italian. And so they were there to get their Italian citizenship and they're staying in my hostel room. And we ended up going, you know, down to the bar right next to our hostel because the bar or the, because the hostel owned it. And so like every night they'd have parties, it was more of a college hostel. And that was an interesting experience for me because they didn't really speak English. One of them spoke no English at all. And the other guy spoke English well enough to where we could kind of struggle along in a conversation, but there was like a lot of hand gestures. And it was really interesting to be interacting with someone for the first time where you don't really speak each other's language, but then you're able to like struggle through a conversation, understand what the other person is saying. Going to Florence then, I meet another Brazilian guy, Mirko, who is just this really nice guy. And it was so nice with meeting all these people as well, because you really got a sense of what their home was like, and they could give you advice and tips on places that you normally wouldn't get and so that was always 
I think a good starting point with when you meet people is you talk about where each other are from and like what it's like and you ask them questions on oh if I went here what should I do or like what should I avoid and so it was fascinating with Brazil because all of them were like don't go to Brazil it's really dangerous everywhere but they mentioned this one place in Brazil and I'd have to look it up I don't remember the name escapes me but they mentioned this one place in Brazil they're like yes go here if you're going to go to Brazil, it's really nice and it's not dangerous and you don't have to worry. But like if you want to go to San Paulo or anywhere else, like don't go to Brazil. It's really dangerous. So I thought that was just interesting. Maybe Brazil isn't that dangerous. I don't know. But that was one thing as well that was really nice was to to get insider information and just get like the other people's experience, other people's experiences growing up in a place. I met a guy that was from Egypt which was one of the most, I think, unique places of a person that I met where they were from. This guy was in Rome with me and he was in Egypt and he was telling me about how I need to visit Egypt and he made me really excited about the idea of going to Egypt. And that was another thing that was great was you meet people and they get you excited about where they're from and maybe a place you had no really interest at the time to go to. It becomes a place you really want to visit because this person you met really made you excited about the place and really made you think it was a place you would like. And so with Egypt, I was like, well, isn't it dangerous to go to Egypt? And he was telling me, oh, no, it's fine. It's the news and everything like that. And like he gave me his contact info. I don't know. I think if I ever go to Egypt, I might have to send him an email and see what the deal is with that. Budapest, I meet a guy, Rembert, and then Alfredo. And they, Rembert's an American, and then Alfredo was living in Germany. And I think he spoke four languages. And that was fun meeting them in one of the hostels. I was in... Budapest for three weeks and I think I met them at my at my second hostel I stayed at and that was just a ton of fun you know meeting them and hanging out with them and like going out to the bars then I go to Cluj-Napoca in Romania and I meet I like to call him the Turk because I don't another guy I don't remember his name but he is German but I think one of his parents was from Turkey and so he was a guy that I met where he once again spoke like three or four languages. It's crazy how all these Europeans, how many languages they speak. Absolutely bonkers. But like a lot of the things to see in Cluj Napoca, I ended up doing with him. So, for example, we went to one of the salt mines in Romania that's really popular, where they have a Ferris wheel and they have they have a small lake in the mine as well, where you can go around in a boat and row around. And then they had bowling and ping pong and pool tables. It was a really cool place. And so to have someone to experience that with was really nice. And then we went to this forest, which was a complete utter waste of time, I must admit. But it was funny. This forest was a haunted forest. It was supposed to be haunted, right, in Cluj-Napoca. There are all these trees where they were supposed to, like the branches were supposed to be in these weird shapes and it was supposed to be haunted and like really spooky and stuff. And so me and him and this other girl that was at our hostel, we went to go to this forest and we were trying to find like that one area where all the branches were weird. And we ended up, I think, wandering around this forest, humongous forest. We wandered around for four hours, I think, and we could not find it. And so that was just like a basically a wasted day right in this random forest. First, trying to find it was hard just getting to the forest and then getting there and then wandering around, not being able to find it. And then coming back, that was quite the experience. And he 
was another person where he made me really interested in going to Turkey and he gave me like a lot of really good information about Turkey. Timișoara, the next place I went in Romania, where I met Geraldo and then like the staff at my hostel. That experience in Timișoara, when I look back on like my fondest memories of traveling, I always instantly think of my time in Timișoara before anything else. And I really do think it's just because of the people I met there, like Geraldo, he's a guy from the Netherlands and he was staying at my hostel and it was a hostel where there weren't that many people there. So we had a very small group and we go out together every night and it was just so much fun. And I really, really cherish those experiences. I think we saw the Avengers movie there as well in Romania together. We went and saw that and that was a lot of fun. And then I met Daniela and her brother, Victor. This one's a funny story. So when I was going to Timișoara, I was taking a train from Cluj-Napoca to there and let me tell you, the trains in Romania is brutal. Like, they're very run down. There's, like, no AC at all. They're really crowded. The aisles are really small. And, like, no one speaks English, really, in Romania. And so getting on that train and, like, finding where I was supposed to sit, I remember I was in the wrong seat. And I ended up having to get up and, like, go throughout the train where everyone's baggage is in the aisle and everyone's just looking at me and I have this huge bag and I'm trying to get to my seat. And I finally get in there, right? It's this box car and there's like six people in there and there's no room anywhere. And so I have to go, of course, to the very end of the seat, like in the corner near the window. That was just a pain. And so like I'm in there, right? And none of them speak English really. And I am just sitting there and I'm like, you know, waiting to go to Timmy Shore or whatever. And so finally, like towards the end of the the trip when we're almost in Timmy Shore, this girl, Daniela, she starts talking to me and, you know, I tell her I'm from the U.S. and whatever. And like, she was super, super nice and she spoke English well. And she basically said, like, if you want to hang out, I can like show you the places in Timmy Shore. Like we can do stuff together. And I was like, okay, cool. So we ended up going to this castle together with her brother. Basically, there's this castle in Romania that wasn't in Timmy Shore, but it was near it and you would have to drive to it. I really wanted to go to this castle. It was called Castle Hunadora. And then also there was another castle like close to it. So she basically said like, okay, I've never been here either. Want to go together. And then my brother will go too. He wants to go with his wife and they'll drive us to it. And so once again, talking about experiences that you normally never would have because you're just not open to them. And maybe you think it's a little weird. If I was younger, I would have been like, you know, I'd have made up some excuse to not go because I would have thought that was weird to go with someone I just met like hours away to take a day trip somewhere with her brother that I've never met and his wife. So I just thought, what the heck, let's do it. And so we did that and they were so, so nice, her and her brother. And it was funny too, because she didn't tell her brother that I was just like some random dude that she met on the train coming back to Timishora. And so <laughs> her brother was, you know, kind of like, a, I'd say a little bit of an intimidating guy, right? So we get in the car and she's like, don't mention, don't mention that, you know, we just met. And so 
it finally comes up like how did you how do you guys know each other and she said it and he kind of just you know made a look and that was that but he was super cool and nice and his wife was awesome too and so we got to go to this castle then we went to this other castle which i don't even remember what it was called but it was like a fortress where it was on this huge hill and we had to hike all the way up the hill and then go into this castle and this castle was not even occupied with people working there where like you you know buy tickets and then you could walk around and then there were ushers and things like that it was literally just abandoned and it was one of those places where you could just go up there if you wanted and then check it out and so we did that as well and that was just a really fun experience Romania really I think overall like with meeting Victor and Daniela and the people I met in my hostels and Geraldo even though he's freaking from the Netherlands the amount of like hospitality and just how nice the people were in Romania that I met. I met another woman on the train and I talked to her on the train ride to Brushov for an hour and how nice she was. It just really blew me away. And it was one of those things where if I, you know, had been closed-minded, for example, with like Daniela and Victor going on that trip, it was something I wouldn't have gotten to experience seeing these really cool parts of Romanian history that a lot of people wouldn't get to see and it was kind of out of the way but then you know to to be open to the experience and do it and then actually you know like being glad that you did it there's just so many instances of things like that that are really amazing because there are things that I normally wouldn't have done and then going to Bucharest finally at the end of the Romania trip Bucharest, not a place I recommend. Once I do the Romania travel guide, you will know. But yes, Bucharest isn't really a place you go to in Romania. That's not like the main destination. There's other cities that are much better to go to than Bucharest. But in Bucharest, I met Dinesh, which was an interesting experience also because I get to this hostel and it's totally just out of place with all of Bucharest. It's kind of this hippy-dippy like yoga with vegan hostel in the city of Bucharest, right? And there's just, this guy comes out and he, he just got like this very like, yeah, dude, what's going on, bro? Nice to meet you, Connor. Welcome to the hostel, man. Like, right? But he was really nice and everything. And he takes my bags and brings it up. And it was just, it was weird, right? But I decided to go outside to just hang out and sit. They have this, you know, these mats, kind of like a yoga area with all these mats and cushions and pillows and I don't know I think they were definitely balancing shockers there and stuff like that all that kind of all that kind of stuff I don't know what you would call that but I meet this guy and he you know we hit it off once again right away and I'm only in I think we're both only in um we're both only in Bucharest for like two days and so we start hanging out and I spend all my time with him get to know him he's from Canada and then he's going to Budapest and then I'm going on to, I think, Warsaw at that point. And that's another great thing about the people you meet is you get to share information with them. So I gave him all these tips on Budapest because he was going there. And he goes there, I go to Warsaw, and then I go to Krakow after Warsaw. And then he ends up being in Krakow as well. And so we met up again, which was just a random chance we stayed in the same hostel too in Krakow the first hostel I stayed in and then we hung out there again together in Krakow and got to basically experience two cities together he's an awesome dude and so we basically I think got to share a ton of information you know back and forth about places 
Then he ended up going to Thailand before I went. So he gave me tips on Thailand before I got there. So that's another great thing about meeting people is maybe you'll get lucky to where you're going to see them again in a different place, which is awesome. But then also you can share your experiences in places that one of you hasn't been yet. So then when that person finally does go there, you have, you know, some information that'll really help you out. So I meet Dinesh in Krakow, right? And then, so the first night I was there as well, just another example of meeting people that you don't necessarily hit it off, but there's so many people that leave lasting impressions on you and make your experience so much better. And so I went on a pub crawl the first night I was in Krakow, which was an awful decision in terms of like, you know, first getting to a place and then being out until like three in the morning and just, I don't even think it was three in the morning. I actually think I was up all night. Yeah. I didn't go to sleep that night. So you meet people. Like I met this one guy who was from England and he looked like Ed Sheeran spitting image and everyone was calling him Ed Sheeran the whole night. And he was just so funny and so much fun to be around. And then I met these two Irish guys who were the first Irish people I ever had met from Ireland. And it was funny with them because I headed off with them, right, and hung out with them most of the night. And so these guys were from, if I remember correctly, they were from Dublin. And then there was this other Irish guy, though, who was from Belfast. And if you don't know, with Ireland, there's a lot of history there with the North and the South and, you know, tensions and violence and all those things. I think initially my impression of Irish people is like with men, at least they're a little bit intimidating. Right. And they'll, I think it's the same with England as well. Maybe just all of the UK is, I think I had this impression, like they'd be these tough guys and you wouldn't really want to like mess with them or rub them the wrong way because then maybe they want to fight you. So I was going into that thinking that when I met these two Irish guys from Dublin, right. But they were like the nicest guys ever. And they were totally the opposite of what I thought someone from Ireland, like a man from Ireland, what he would be like. But then the guy from Belfast was lit was literally what I thought of Irish men. He was very like cocky and kind of like aggressive and it, he took things the wrong way pretty easily. It was funny because the two guys from Dublin were trying to avoid him and you could tell they were a little bit uncomfortable with him and they were just very short with him. And for whatever reason, even though he was this tough guy, he was like by himself and he kept wanting to hang out with them. And so he'd always try and talk to them. And it was just, it was a really interesting dynamic to experience these people from different parts of the same country that where there's been tension before. And then they ended up like throughout the night you know, getting more and more warm towards each other. So it ended up being fine. It's not like anyone fought or anything, but that was that was fascinating to see. And then two with the the two Irish guys from Dublin, it was really weird because as the night got on, as more and more drinks were flowing around and as people were getting drunker, they started to get a little more flamboyant a little bit more and like it's like the walls were coming down right and like their voices started to change before they were like completely like deep and masculine and then they started to get a little bit higher so the guy starts talking to me and he's talking to me about how him and his friend like to go party and then I was asking him oh so how'd you like Germany and then he started talking about Germany and he's saying how he and his friend really enjoyed partying there and then he started to pop out his phone and he opens up some pictures. It's him and his friend with, 
you know, the all black leather and the spiked neck collars and all the things like that. And it was them at like a gay bar and things like that. And so like initially to think they're these tough Irish guys and they end up being these like really nice gay guys that like to like party and do go to these, these, <laughs> I don't even know what they're called, but Germany, for those that don't know, Germany's got some wild parties and like clubs and just, there's, there's a very interesting scene. I don't even know if interesting is the right word. There's a very, um, there's a very crazy scene in germany when it comes to partying and so yes that was interesting to find that out and i just thought that was funny so that was krakow and then after krakow i go to paris with my brother and that was a interesting experience because it was the first time i actually traveled with someone where it wasn't just me and that had challenges in its own but that was a good experience i think for both of us a lot of things went wrong on that trip and we had to go through it. And then also it was a learning experience for me because when you travel a certain way, I'm pretty good at just going with the flow and just dealing with stuff that doesn't, isn't the most ideal. So like I would always do a lot of walking, right? And then to be with my brother and like force him, a person that's completely out of shape and have him walking like seven miles every single day to all these different places and going boom, boom, boom to all these museums and seeing everything, right? That was tough for him, but like for him to get through it all I think was really good for him and I was actually really impressed because traveling with me is not the easiest thing because I'm all about getting after it and not relaxing so that was a great experience and then going to Asia where in Seoul Korea I met this one guy Yoon who was the guy that was the owner of one of the Airbnbs I was staying at and he wow he was an interesting guy he worked for a salon he was a hairstylist for the salon that you know was like really i think popular and they worked with like a lot of movie stars and things like that and they work with models and like do their hair before shoots and stuff so to meet this guy and that was a lot of fun because he was able to show me i think a side of soul that i didn't really get other than when I was staying with him because I was very much alone most of the time. and I didn't really meet a lot of people that were from Seoul that also spoke English. And so that was a lot of fun. And that was where I rode on a Vespa for the first time. Just picture, picture this. Here I am, this white guy in Seoul, Korea, on the back of a Vespa with this Korean dude in the front. And he's like, laughing hysterically at me and I'm like terrified for my life because I've never ridden like a motorcycle or anything like that before and we're just cruising through you know the streets of Seoul going to these places and having like a fun time and I have like my arms around him to make sure I don't fall or anything like that probably shouldn't be admitting this hopefully mom doesn't listen to this episode but yes I rode on the Vespa for I think maybe three or four different times and it was funny too because he had he had four different bikes. He had a Vespa and then three others. And it was just weird because, he, yeah, to have like four motorbikes just lying around and he'd like take out the different ones, whatever he was feeling that day. That was really funny. And so like to go out with him and then for him to show me, you know, a little bit of Korean culture and like to go out and eat together. I think that's the best thing hands down with Korean culture same thing with Japanese culture. At least this is what I enjoyed the most was just like the the food scene where there's so much 
emphasis put on the experience of eating together. This is the case for Europe as well, and it's completely different from the US, but to actually sit down with someone and you make your own meal together and you just hang out for, you know, like three hours and you're just eating and drinking, that's just such a fun experience. And so I really enjoyed doing that with him. And we'd just like go out and we'd be out for like five hours a night, just like talking and going from restaurant to restaurant, just eating little snacks here and there. And that was a ton of fun. So I really enjoyed my time in Seoul doing that. And then Bangkok, a place that, as you know, not the biggest fan of, but I will say the people in Bangkok are so nice. And getting to do Muay Thai in Bangkok the last month and meeting the people at Muay Thai, whether it was the foreigners taking classes with me or just like the actual Thai Muay Thai fighters that worked there and ran the classes, that was a great experience because once again, it's a a place where they don't speak English at all but you kind of figure out how to communicate with each other. And those relationships are some that I really will miss a lot because I don't know, there's just something when you meet someone that's teaching you something, it's, it's a different experience than when you're just meeting someone and you hang out, right? Maybe you're meeting someone, you're traveling, you go out and do something together. But when you meet people where you're like sharing an experience where they're maybe teaching you something and they're helping you get better at something and it's challenging and they're open to teaching you and they're very helpful and there's like no ego involved and they're respectful and not trying to take advantage of you in any way or anything like that when they're like genuinely concerned with helping you get better at something and they're open to that i think that's a really unique thing and so with like the instructors with the Muay Thai, like learning from them and like seeing them, you know, like light up after a week when you come back and then you come back for another class and seeing them like say hi and you like really can't communicate at all, but you're communicating through like learning this thing, I guess. And that's where, that's where you're building the connection, right? It's not through like the conversations really you're having, but it's, it's the connection that you're building through like the experience and the actions that was something that was completely different than anything I had experienced before. So I really enjoyed that about Bangkok, even though I didn't really enjoy anything else about my time there. So that was Bangkok. Then to end it in Tokyo, where I have the most cherished memories of them all, not just because that was the place I wanted to visit most, but because I got to share those experiences with my girlfriend, Nami. Tokyo was unique because it was the first time where I was actually able to rely on someone else with helping me get acclimated in the place that I was. Everywhere else that I had been, I was always alone, so I always had to rely on myself to figure things out. But having Nami and her being from Tokyo, I had my own personal guide, and it was also nice because I feel like I got a deeper understanding and experience of Tokyo that I wouldn't have gotten if it was just me on my own because there's just so many things that I got to see and like all these little intricate details or all these things she knew that I wouldn't have known myself it was really nice and then to see where she grew up and go to some of the places that she liked best and for her to be able to share where she was from and also share her culture because 
a lot of people in a relationship, you'll get to, you know, go meet the parents and you'll see where they grew up maybe, but it's rare where you'll actually be dating someone from a completely different country. And so I think that is a really nice thing to be able to experience someone else's culture and for them to be able to show it to you. So I will always remember that one thing I really like about our relationship is that we are pretty good at making the best out of situations that might not be ideal. There are a lot of inconveniences and a lot of stress, I would say, with me being in Tokyo just because of trying to find somewhere to live and then not being in the most ideal distance from each other. I think it was like a 45-minute train ride to get to each other, whether that was me going to her house or her coming to see me. So that kind of sucked. And then with her working and trying to find time there and then knowing you only have three months together and trying to plan things, it was really difficult, but I think we made the best of it, definitely. There's just so many great memories being there. I remember, you know, initially when I got there and it had been, I think, three months or so since I had seen her. So that's always tough saying goodbye, but then seeing each other again is like, you know, you, you, you look forward to those moments and then when they finally happen and I'm just thinking back on like those initial like couple of weeks where I'm just experiencing this new place and trying to get used to it and just all the excitement with that and like doing things together and it's great to look back on like some of I think my favorite times are really simple it's like going out to eat at some of our favorite restaurants love the one called Jan best Japanese barbecue, I think, in Tokyo. So yeah, remember that Jan in Ikebukuru, J-A-N. Nice little fun tip for you there. But yeah, we just go to like Japanese barbecue. And then afterwards, we go to like the arcades because arcades are humongous in Tokyo. And we go in the arcade and like play Dance Sense Revolution and play other games. We try and win Dragon Ball Z figures from those claw devices. Just a lot of really great memories. And then to see her in... Her own country was really nice for me. I had a feeling that she would be different. Like I thought, I thought it was interesting because I wondered if she would be different being in Japan and like speaking Japanese, right? Because obviously Japanese is her first language and so English is second. And there is this idea where like people have different personalities kind of with the language that they speak. And I think really across the board, what you could take away from that for most people is that I would imagine that you're just more confident and like assertive when you're speaking your first language rather than the second language. So that was nice for me to see like being there in Japan with her and having to rely on her to see her in a different light. That was really special as well. So yes, I definitely miss Tokyo the most I would say I really really miss Tokyo and her and those were great times just my little eating buddy I think that's my favorite part about our relationship is just going to share in our eating adventures those oh the food we both love food we I think we're bad for each other in that way because we definitely encourage each other to eat I feel like you know what maybe one day we're going to be obese we're going to be 300 pounds and (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen but yes so that is that. Really why I just bring up all of this today is because 
I think for me, and this is the case for people in the U.S. more so, I would say is we're so we're so obsessed, I think, with individual achievement and we measure the success of our lives or like the value of our lives based on what we achieved and maybe the impact that we left on the world. Whereas I think the rest of the world is more concerned, not even that I think, but I know the rest of the world is more concerned with the collective whole and they're more about their family and like the relationships that they have. And I know for me personally, even though I know this, it's still something I struggle with is like, I know how great it is to be with your closest friends, right. And like to actually be with people and do things together and like share and experiences that really is like the stuff that makes me the most happiest. And that's when you, that's when you really don't think about any of the BS happening in your life or anything that could be going wrong. You're able to just be yourself and not worry about anything else. But even knowing that it's still something I struggle with is like really, you know, understanding that and kind of prioritizing that and keeping it in perspective. It's something that's really hard to do. So like to, to be able to talk about why the trip for me, like why my travels were so great. I think that's just a testament to that idea of like what is really important was like the experiences and friendships you make with people. And so one of the things that I heard the other day, which is just perfect for this, is it went something like you might forget the name of someone, you might even forget their face, but you'll never forget the way they made you feel. And so like to everyone that I mentioned in this episode, you all left an impression on me. I'm grateful to have met all of you. I'm grateful their experiences. I'm grateful for the fun times, the kindness you all showed me. And yeah, I just wanted to, you know, put that out there and have to, and then to have the memory of like what that was like for me. So that I think is going to be the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Please subscribe to the podcast if you may leave a review. As always, if you need to get in touch with me, Conjay Hancock is my Instagram. Conjay Hancock at gmail.com is my email address. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you all again for listening.